Well, welcome to our Cornerstone family, uh, all our viewers, and especially our dads. Happy Father's Day to all of you. So today I, I want to talk to us about God being our father and how that can deeply impact us as Christians, but it will also help us as dads to, to be better dads. Um, and so I just want to encourage all my fellow fathers, like it's a journey, it's a journey. You know, I, I remember many, many years ago when my, my boys were little, I think they were like three and four, they're about a year and a half apart. And, uh, you know, because of my military background, I'm always, I was a little bit sergeant majorish, if there's such a word. And the Lord told me, uh, you know, I said, Lord, help me to be a better dad. Teach me to be a better father. And he told me, you know, he said to me, uh, speak nicely to your, to your boys. You know, they, 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 they're not soldiers in the army. They're just little boys, you know. And I remember one day I was washing my motorcycle and I just had uh, short, uh, short pants on. And they were doing something outside there and the one bumped the other one and he fell down and he was crying and I shouted at them and I said, hey, come on, don't be like a bunch of sissies, you know, something like that. And, and suddenly, out of nowhere, this amazing Taiwanese wasp came and he stung me on my back three times. You know, it was excruciating pain. And I'm like, ah, you know, and then softly, I tell you, in my ear, the Lord said to me, I said, speak nicely to the children. So uh, I just want to encourage you. I failed many times as a dad, you know, and, uh, and I've apologized to my kids. I think it's one of, the, one of the most wonderful things we can do as parents is when we fail is apologize. I remember my dad. My dad was a lawyer. He had his own law firm, and uh, he had this court case, and he told me that he would buy me something, you know. And uh, I was this little boy, and I was waiting, you know, and uh, he, at 5 o'clock he wasn't back home, and eventually 10 o'clock at night he came back. Uh, you know, after this court case, and they completely forgot to buy this, this uh, gift for me. And I remember he parked his car into the garage, and I was waiting in that, like, you know, we had like a long corridor, and uh, he came into the house, and when he saw me, he suddenly realized he completely forgot. I'll never forget it. My dad dropped on his knees. He said, come here, and he just hugged me. He says, I'm so sorry, my son. Please forgive me. This court case is driving me crazy. And it, I had such a, it had such a profound effect upon my life that my dad would apologize to me because he just forgot to buy me something. So anyway, I want to encourage all the dads that uh, hang in there. And when we better understand God as our father, we will be amazing, amazing dads. So, so let's, let's kick off. The, my first point is that the concept of God as a father. Do you know that Christianity, Christianity and Judaism is the only religions, I, I, I don't like the word religion because we're in a relationship, that has the concept of God as a father. We don't have, we don't have a, a, a female. We don't have a female goddess that we worship or that we honor. And so you will say, well, if God is our father, then who's our mother? The church. The church is our mother. His bride is our mother, right? So that's why the church nurtures people, right? And uh, so the, 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 this concept of, of God being a father is, is just distinctly Christian, amen? And so, so the, the firstborn uh, point I want to say is that to, to be God's child, you have to be born from above, right? So, so, so let's look at John chapter 1. Um, John chapter 1, verse 12 to 14, and it says, but to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn. This is a new, a new living translation. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So I just want to say to, to all our viewers out there, you have to be born again, my friend. You have to be born again. I mean, you know, we've, we've joked before, we said, if going to church makes you a Christian, going to McDonald's will make you a hamburger. But it is very, very true, right? We cannot be just religious because Christianity is not 
religion. Christianity is a relationship between a father and a child. God being the father and we being his children. It's absolutely essential, right? We become God's very own children. And he looks after us and he takes care of us. But what, what needs to happen is you must be born again. It means you need to open up your heart. You need to accept him, right? And then he will, just like God breathed upon Adam. Remember in the beginning when God created Adam, he breathed into him and he became a living soul. And the same thing is when we get born again, the spirit of God comes in and dwells inside of us and we are born again, right? And we become God's children. We are born from above. That's absolutely, absolutely essential. And unfortunately, I believe our churches are full of people who are just religious, right? Because we're not follow, just following rules and regulations, we have this amazing relationship with Father God. So I want to encourage all of you. God is your Father. That's what Christianity is all about. That's the foundation of everything. He's your Father. He loves you, and He will take care of you. He will absolutely take care of you. Amen? Amen. All right, so let's go to the next one. I want to talk to you. All. Uh, my ne next point is the nature of God, right? Like, what kind of a father is he? I, I think in your mind, now, unfortunately, our earthly fathers failed many times, okay? They, they made mistakes. Even the, 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 the best of the best cannot be a perfect father because we, we're just human, right? And so when we hear the word father, we associate it with what we saw at home. Now, some of us, I mean, I had an amazing dad. I, I was a juvenile delinquent. I was in a new Nazi gang, etc. and I was arrested several times. My dad would come and fetch me at the police station. I went to court, and my dad accompanied me. So I had an amazing dad, but he also disciplined me. He never let me get away. My dad, fathers, let me, let me say this to you. Don't spoil your children on the other hand. My dad always said, if you break it, you fix it. Right? So my father even, even organized jobs for me during the summer vacation to pay for the damage that I done. Right? So, so it doesn't mean if your father uh, you know, inc just encourages you, uh, we don't discipline our children. It's, it's very, very, very important because it's all part of fathering. If you look in the book of Hebrews, it also teaches us that God disciplines his children. God di it says if you are not being disciplined, it means we are not his children. We are Ill illegitimate which is quite amazing. Okay, so I want us to look at the nature of God, like what is his heart and, and who he is. So you look in the book of Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 to 4. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble, with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Now can you see something here? God teaches us to comfort people. Why? So our Father, we watch our Father, how He comforts us, how He cares for us, how He nurtures us, and then we do the same. This is absolutely amazing. Now, there are two things here. It says He's the Father of mercy. So mercy emanates from Him. You see, when you approach God, He's not an angry God. On a, the Bible tells us it's a throne of grace, not a throne of judgment. So when you approach God, mercy emanates out of Him. Mercy emanates out of Him. Uh, in the Old Testament, you know, they, they had a tabernacle. So in, inside the tabernacle, there was the Ark of the Covenant. So if you can, to, to make it easy for you to understand, a shoebox, okay? So a shoebox and then there's a lid, right? Because there's a box and the inside there's the shoes, but then there's a lid. The lid was called the mercy seat. And then on the lid were two angels and they, they, you know, their wings were, were like this. So that, that, that place, and then the high priest, once he would come and he put blood there on the mercy seat, on the mercy seat. God is merciful. Remember the story of the parable, when, the, when the, prodigal, uh, the, the parable of the prodigal, when the prodigal came home. 
How did, he, how did he encounter his father? Mercy, 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 mercy. So I want to say to you, maybe today, some of you, maybe you're far away from God. Maybe something happened in your life. Maybe you've strayed. Maybe you've become a, maybe you're a prodigal. But I, I want to encourage you today. Father God is merciful. When we come to him, right? When we enter his presence, because remember in the ark, that was where the Shekinah glory was. It's the Shekinah glory is on what? It's seated on what? On the mercy seat. God is a father of mercy, right? He's not an angry old man. So, 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 so wonderful. Then the second thing it says, it says he's the God of all comfort. God comforts us. God comforts us. I want to encourage you, maybe some of you, well, not, I guess most of us, we, are, we, we have lots of trauma in our lives. Things happen to us, right? In our families, right? Things happen to us, but God can comfort us. I, I remember many, many years ago, I, uh, I lost my my, my first wife uh, to, to, to a heart attack, she, she passed away, and uh, I was quite distraught. And I remember one day, you know, I was taking my daughter, my daughter, she was only eight years old, I was taking her to school, and she was crying, and then I was crying, and I remember just driving, you know, uh, home, and uh, I just stopped in the park, and I was just like, I just said, Father, just, just help me. And uh, literally, he literally came into my car, and he hugged me. Now, I didn't see anything, but I could feel the embrace of God. I could feel the comfort of God. Now, I don't know how long it was. I, it could have been two hours or five minutes. I, I was just kind of lost in this embrace of the Father. And then I remember it kind of slowly subsided. And after that, that deep pain of the loss of a wife was gone. Now, of course, I still had to be a single dad and clean the house and all of that. But I want to say to you today, no matter what's happened in your life, Father God wants to embrace you. Father God wants to bring healing and wholeness to your life. I've, I've heard people say this, time heals. No, no. Time doesn't heal, God does. Okay, when I repeat that, time doesn't heal, God does. And so God is the Father of mercy. So, so no matter what you've done, no matter where you are, even if you're a prodigal, just come. Come to the Father, and He wants to hug you. He wants to give you. He wants to comfort you. He wants to, His presence will heal you. His presence will heal your heart. Right? And even if we delinquent, that presence heal our delinquency, right? just like uh, from the, the, the parable of the, of the prodigal son. So that's, that's the nature of God. I think that is so, 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 so beautiful. Amen? Right. My next point is Jesus is the face of God. Right? Now, something that's very important is uh, sometimes what people will do, especially people who don't know him, right? People who don't know him. They would read one little passage about him, and then they will come to a conclusion. It's like a book or a biography of, of somebody that you, you don't know the person, but you know about the person. And then you would read something and you think, oh, he was like this. But the people who actually knew that person would say, no, 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 no. You're taking that completely out of context, right? And so I want to encourage you that F Father God, God in the Bible, from the Old to the New, uh, New Testament, from Genesis to Revelation, there's a progressive revelation of who God is. That's very, very important. You cannot go to the Old Testament, take one scripture of one battle or whatever happened and say, oh, God is like that, right? But the ultimate expression of who God is, is the Lord Jesus Christ, right? So, so Jesus came to forgive our sins. Jesus came to heal our, our sicknesses and our diseases. But Jesus also came to show us the Father, to reveal the Father to us, right? So I want to encourage you, Christian, read your New Testament. Read again, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read the life of Jesus and find out uh, uh, what Father God is like. Because let's, let's look at this, John 49, very simple verse. He says, he who has seen me has seen the Father. 
He who has seen me has seen the Father. So Jesus is the exact representation of his being. It says in Hebrews. Jesus is the representation of Father God, right? So, the, so that's why, I mean, I, I remember at, at one stage, I, I, I would, uh, had a, uh, the Bible, I would read all, all four Gospels at the same time, right? I had like a parable kind of a Bible, and uh, I, I just to see what Father God is like. Because everything Jesus did, he says, I only do what I see my Father do, right? And uh, I mean, there's so many, many things, but let me mention a few. The woman who was caught in the act of adultery. Now the law said that that woman should have been stoned, right? She should have been executed. So the Pharisees brought her to Jesus and they said, okay, Moses said, actually it was Jesus. Jesus wrote the law on, on Mount Sinai. It, it wasn't Moses. But they said, Moses said, you know, this woman should be, what do you say? Of course, then Jesus says, well, if you have no sin, you cast the first stone. That's why we shouldn't be judgmental, right? Now, think about this. If God gave the law to have an excuse or a loophole to execute people, that was the perfect, perfect timing to do that. But it, Jesus showed us that's not the point. The point was never to give a law so God can have legal right to punish people. That's not the point. So what did Jesus say to her? You know, all the accusers left because Jesus wrote in the sand. I believe Jesus wrote their sins. And then they saw Jesus knew their sins, words of knowledge. And then they left one by one, right? But as they left, and then Jesus says, woman, where are your accusers? And they said, oh, you know, they're all gone. And then Jesus said this. He says, neither do I condemn you, but go and sin no more. I don't condemn you, right? And, and so that shows us the very heart of God, right? People always think God is kind of a killjoy. He gives just rules and so to make people's lives. That's not the truth, right? That is not Father God. Another very good example is, is that Jesus healed everybody or helped Everybody who came to him. He never turned people. Now, sometimes he made it a bit difficult for them to see if they would persevere. But that's another thing. The Bible says those who come to him, he will by no means cast out, right? And uh, a wonderful example is of the little children. Yeah, you remember the story where they brought little children to Jesus and then uh, the disciples, ah, oh, come on, you know, he's tired. You know, you're just little kids, you know, you're not really. In. And it says Jesus was, was quite angry. Jesus was upset, right? And he says, you know, do not forbid them. Suffer the little children to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. So for, for, for God, everybody is important. There, there, there's no hierarchy. Oh, these people are more important than those people, even the little children, right? So what does that show us? It reflects the heart of the Father. Even the littlest ones are very important. I want to be with them. And so then they came, they put them on Jesus' lap. You know. Of course, we have the, the what Jesus turned water into wine at the, at the wedding, which is amazing. Like he rescued their wedding. And, and it also tells us, now, don't think when you think wedding, don't think uh, your typical uh, Chinese wedding, you know, like a 10 course meal and we all sit around the table. A Jewish wedding is they dance and they have music and they like, it's like a happy affair and they do it for a few days, right? So Jesus was happy, amen? Jesus went to a, fest, to, a, to a feast, right? Jesus was dancing because they danced at weddings. They didn't just sit there, right? So what does it show us? God is happy, right? He's not sad sack, right? A lot of people have this thing of he's just very strict. You're like old man. No, no. He's the ancient of days, but he's not old in the way people are old, amen? Very, very important. So go and read your New Testament again and look at the life of Jesus. He reflects God 100%. He helps us understand the grace and the kindness and the mercy of our Father. Amen. So I heard somebody once says, 
Jesus is God's selfie. Okay, I thought it was, it was quite cool. Jesus is God's selfie. You've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. Okay, now, the Father has given us gifts, right? I want to speak about three very important things, right, that Father God has given to us. Now, to the dads as well, as you need to give these things to your, your children. A good father will give these three things to their children. They will give them identity, right? Identity comes from you, Dad. You give them security. You give them significance. This is very, 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 very important, right? right? I always remember my dad would say to me, remember you my son, right? And sometimes, you know, I would think like, can I do it, you know, for a big rugby game or like, you know, and my dad said, hey, you're my son, you can. I'll, I'll never forget that, you know? And so I always, yes, I'm my father's son, you know? I can do this, right? Okay, so let's, let's look at the first one. Let's look at identity, our spiritual identity that we got from Father God. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know Him. Okay, so let me say this to you. Dear Christian, your identity is you're a child of God, first and foremost. Then you can be some ethnic group, or you can be this, or you can be that, right? But your identity is, you must identify as I am a child of God. You see, in this world, people always want to identify with something or somebody, like a gang or a group or a subculture or this group or that group, right? We are children of God. This is very, very, very important. Now, I remember many, many years ago when I got saved and all of that, and then I went into the military, and... Uh, I, I loved being in the army. Now, I know some people can't understand that. Well, that's fine, but I loved in the army. I was, a, I was a commando. I would jump out of airplanes and abseil down buildings. I loved it, absolutely. So my identity started becoming I am a soldier. I remember I was 20 years old. I was an officer. I was in an elite unit. My identity became soldier. Now, there's nothing wrong with being a soldier. Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But it was wrong. My identity is not a soldier, it is a child of God. And I, I remember thinking, I'm going to just do this for the rest of my life. I will be a good Christian in the army. Now, again, please, I'm not saying we, we can't be in the army, this, but that's not what the Lord called me to do, you see. So my identity became soldier rather than Christian. So whatever you are, whatever you are, let me say to you, your identity is a child of God first. Then you're a lawyer or a doctor or a bus driver or a teacher or whatever. Very, very, very important. I mean, recently, again, we had some famous Christians who say, oh, actually, I'm a lesbian. You know, I've always been one. Let me say this to you. When Jesus died on that cross, he crucified our old man. He crucified. The Colossians tells us we need to put off our old man and put on the new man, the new identity that God gave us, right? Now, I, in my previous, previous life, I was a neo-Nazi, that's not me. That's not my, my, my biblical identity. My biblical identity is I'm a child of God. Amen? That is very, very important. So people say, yeah, but this is who I am. And the, the Bible tells us we need to put off those things. That comes from our old nature, our fallen nature, right? And I, I know many times people are, people who have same-sex attraction, they struggle with that. They say, yeah, but I, I, I am. So I, I tell Christians, People who are gay, who become Christian, I always tell them, no, you're not gay. You're a Christian. I'm not a new Nazi. I'm a Christian. <laughs> Amen? This is very, very, very important. Your identity is child of God. That doesn't mean we don't have struggles. We don't have temptations. We'll work through those things. But we must see ourselves first 
and foremost, we are children of the Most High God. Amen? That is our identity. That's the first thing. The second thing is um, security. Father God gives us security, right? My father was given... Uh, my father was uh, given them to me. It's greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. John 10 verse 8, right? Father God holds us in the palm of his hand. Think about that. Secure, secure. And I, I believe that Singapore is an Antioch. In Singapore, we're going to send people all over the world, right, to all the nations of the world. But if, we, if our security is in your CPF, if your security is in your job, if your security is in all kinds of other things, how on earth... Can you pack your bags and go wherever our security is in him? We're in the palm of his hand. Actually, in Isaiah, it says he inscribed us in the palm of his hand. It says that the universe was measured with the palm of his hand. That's how powerful it is, right? So uh, uh, where does the word security, what, what, what does security mean? It comes from secure. Secure means you're not afraid. It's firm. It's established. It cannot be moved, right? And so let me tell you, our security comes from God, comes from Father God. Father God will take care of us. So I remember when I, uh, those early years in Taiwan, the, the Lord taught me this lesson over and over again. And, I, and I, I still learn it. He said to me, when you trust in yourself, you will do what you can do. When you trust in me, you will do what I can do. So I, I want to encourage you, dear child of God, dear Christian, your security does not depend upon your bank balance. Your security does not depend upon a political situation. Our security depends on our, on our Father. And the Bible says here, we are in the palm of His hand and nothing can snatch us out of His hand. Amen, amen. So I, I want to I encourage you, as, learn to cultivate this. Learn to cultivate this. Trust Him, trust Him. Put, put your security. Not, now, of course we must work. Of course we must, we must be diligent, absolutely. But we don't put our trust in our uh, in the uh, uh, salary that we get every month. I, I remember once the Lord asked me, if I could pray with integrity, give me today my daily bread. He said to me, can you actually pray that? Do you really mean that? Or do you, you know money is coming, so you know, it's just like a, a verbal prayer that we just mumble off. The Lord challenged me on that. Pray with integrity. Give me, Lord. I, w yes, maybe this money comes, but my, my trust is not in my CPF. My trust is not in my properties. My trust is not in my profession. My trust is in you because I'm your child. My security comes from God. So your finances, your children are in God's hand. I remember when my son was, was, was very sick. You know, he had a brain tumor, and, and the Lord told me, I am his father. I am his father. And the fear just left me. I am his father. So God is even the father of our children. Amen? Amen? Very secure. Next thing is, is significance. Significance. John chapter 15, verse 15 to 16. He says, I no longer call you servants, for a servant does not know what the master is doing. But I've called you friends. For all things I've heard from my father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give to you. So there are two things here. The two things. Firstly is that we are not servants. We are children and we are friends, right? Now think about this. So, so we, are, we are children, but now he says we are also friends. Now do you know that your children can be your friend? Did you know that? Especially when they get older. But it doesn't mean all children necessarily become, because a friend is somebody we call, we say a confidant, right? Somebody you put your confidence in, somebody you confide in. So God wants to confide in us. Like with Abraham, remember? Sodom and Gomorrah, the Lord said, 
shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? You see, God wants to confide in us, right? God wants to confide in us, right? So, so we are not, you know, sometimes I go to churches and whatever, and they say, oh, you know, God's servant. They call me God's servant. I said, no, no, no. Correction, I am not God's servant. I am God's son and his friend. That's who I am. I am not God's servant. I'm God's son. Do I serve him? Absolutely, right? So I want to say to you, God's calling you into friendship. How more significant can it be? How more significant can it be? God's calling us into friendship. But then the next thing he says, you did not choose me, I chose you. Every single one of you, my dear brother, my dear sister, listen to me. God has chosen you. God has chosen you. Think of what, how many people on the planet now? Is it seven billion? Out of seven billion people, why do you know the Lord Jesus Christ? Why is God your father out of so many people? He came to you. You didn't come to God. You didn't look for him. He came to you. How, how, how much more significant can it get? And then he said, I appointed you to go and bear fruit. And that you, it means, he said, I have a successful life for you. I have something amazing that I want you to do. I remember when I was young, I, I asked my dad, you know, like, uh, he asked me what I want to do. I said, maybe I'll become a lawyer. He said to me, oh, you'll be much better than me. And then I, I said to him, Dad, you think I can be a general in the army? He said, oh, you'll be a general in your, in your 30s, you know. And then I, I remember one day I said to him, Dad, do you think I could be the president of South Africa? And he kept quiet. He looked at me, looked at me, and then he said, it's possible with some major adjustments. I, I remember my dad was always, always positive, right? right? So that's, why, that's where our significance comes from, is from our Heavenly Father. So he calls us his friends, and he's called us to bear fruit and to have amazing fruit. But now we have a responsibility. I just want to quickly look at 2 Corinthians 6, 17. It says, Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. Did you see that? I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Now, as children of God, right? Now, I'm a grace person. The gospel is a gospel of grace. But sometimes we, we confuse this thing of grace, and then it, it means, no, never mind. I can just anyhow live or anyhow sin or whatever. No, no. Let me tell you something. When the prodigal was with the pigs, he did not have the protection, the security, and the significance of the father's house. And so, my dear brother, sister, I don't know where you are today, but if you astray, if you are not in the Father's house, you don't have the security of the Father's house. So what you need to do is to go back to the Father's house. Because this is what he says here. He says, come out from among the beasts. Do not touch what is unclean. You see? So we want the benefits from our Father, but we also need to live holy then. Right? We need to live holy. That, this, is very, that is our responsibility. Very, very, very very important. Okay, and then finally, I just want to talk a little bit about the sins of our fathers or the, or the misrepresentation of our own parents, uh, especially our dads in our lives, right? Maybe they were aloof. Maybe they were absent. Maybe they were abusive. Maybe the things they said to you were never nice. Maybe they never hugged you and told you, you're my little princess. Yeah, they, they should have. They should have, right? But it is very important that we forgive them. So let me just say this to you. Your dad was a product of his father. And your grandpa was a product of his father, right? So we must not be too, too harsh on them, right? We were all shaped by our environments, right? And so there are many things our fathers did not do that they were supposed to do. So uh, it's very, very important that you deal with this and that you, that you renounce it, right? And that you speak forgiveness and you release forgiveness to your fathers, right? So we, we renounce it, but we also forgive them and we bless them. And so, so let me encourage you. Go to your dad and even write him a note or go and speak to him 
and bless him. So what I want to do now, I, I want to pray. I want to pray for every dad, especially if, now if, there is a, if there's more of, of one of you together and there's a dad in your midst or even the families, why don't you lay hands on your father right now? I want to speak a blessing over every father in Cornerstone and all the dads watching. Lord, I just want to bless every father today. Lord, we thank you that you're giving us identity, you're giving us security, you're giving us significance. I just speak this over them, Lord God. Lord, I pray for a special grace upon every father in this house and all those watching. Bless them, Lord. I say the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you shalom. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with every father and every family in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen. God bless you and have a wonderful day. You've just listened to a production of Cornerstone Community Church. Please note that all unauthorized reproduction, distribution, or sale of the recording is prohibited. For permission to reproduce or distribute the sermon, please write into mail at cscc.org.sg. We hope that you have been blessed.